We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the lakefront to the riverfront, this is where Wisconsin sports fans come to talk. The Bill Michael Show. Now, here's your host, Bill Michaels. Yes, you are indeed locked into the Bill Michaels Show today. Happy Hump Day Wednesday. I'm Radio Joe filling in for Bill. Bill is off today. A lot to get to, man. Again, this is just uh, it, it's a crazy time of the year because the Green Bay Packers, they can just sit back and relax. They have nothing to worry about. They're going to be able to watch all these games coming up this weekend on Saturday and Sunday, and they're going to be able to start doing a little scouting, get a little idea of what to expect from some of these NFC teams that they are likely to face in the first round, or I should say the second round of the divisional games coming up, and really take your pick at who they might be facing. So we're going to talk some Packers today, and one thing that was discussed earlier this week on the show Seems like a lot of Packer fans are finally coming around to Mike Pettin. You know, just a couple of months ago, there were conversations that were very different on this show and many other shows where you listen to local sports talk, and it just seemed like people had about enough of Mike Pettin. And the turning point seemed to be that when the Smith brothers and Kenny Clark went up to the office to have a little chat with Mike Pettin to try to make things a little bit more simple and allow these guys to get after the quarterback a little bit more, it seems like everything's changed. And some could argue that maybe that was even before they had that little chit-chat. All depends what you think. But the fact that this defense is playing so much better and the fact that they're keeping opponents down by an average of less than 20 points a game, uh, that's pretty significant. And then you pair it with the best scoring offense in the National Football League right now. Again, say it before, say it again, I feel very good that the Green Bay Packers can win it all. Now, again, they got to get there, and nothing's a guarantee as we know in sports. But... The fact that this defense is playing so much better is a is, is one of the biggest reasons why the Packers have that first round bye. Considering how tough it was this year to only have one open bye for a team. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that coming up on the show, especially in the next segment. We have a loaded show today. We're going to talk college hoops with Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News, Fox Sports. He does bracketology, also an analyst for the Big Ten Network. Uh, Mike DeCourcy, one of the best in the business. We'll talk to him coming up at the bottom of this hour. In the next hour, we will talk with Ross Tucker, our Radio.com Sports NFL insider, and also Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We'll get his thoughts on the Green Bay Packers 
uh, as they, again, sit back and relax. We'll also talk a little Bucks, maybe some Brewers as well with our uh, good buddy Craig Kishon of Fox Sports Wisconsin. He'll join us in the third hour today. And later on, tentatively, Jeff Patrikas of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel will talk Badgers. So, I mean, we, we are jam-packed today. And uh, thanks again for tuning into the show. So I'm going to start with probably the most obvious news that came out here within, what, the last 36 hours or so. Congratulations to my good friend Leroy Butler on once again being a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And this is going to be interesting because we all know, every Packer fan knows for a fact that Leroy should be having a gold jacket. He should be wearing one. What we don't know is, again, how these voters are going to look at it and how they're going to compare Leroy to some of these other DBs that are also up. So the Pro Football Hall of Fame announced yesterday that Leroy Butler, as well as 14 others, are finalists for the Hall. And in that includes the likes of Jared Allen. Packer fans know Jared Allen very well with his time with the Vikings and the Bears, of course, getting after Brett Favre. Rondé Barber played his whole career in Tampa Bay. Hell of a DB for the Buccaneers. Tony Baselli's on there. Alan Fanica's on there. Torrey Holt of the Rams, great wide receiver. He's on there. Another guy that's up, and there's going to be a lot of debate as to whether or not he played long enough in the NFL. That's Megatron. Megatron is a finalist. Calvin Johnson, finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. John Lynch. Now, John Lynch has been a finalist eight times. He's he's been sitting there waiting longer than Leroy has. This is only Leroy's second year. But everybody loves John Lynch. Nationally, everyone is just infatuated with John Lynch, even though... If you put John Lynch up against Leroy Butler and look at the numbers and look at what these two guys have done, Leroy Butler beats John Lynch all day, every day. But there's John Lynch sitting there. And believe me, it's going to be very frustrating if once again, this time John Lynch gets in, but Leroy doesn't. So John Lynch is there. Another guy that will be a Hall of Famer this year is Peyton Manning. He's on that list. Clay Matthews Jr., the father of Clay Matthews III, the Packers, uh, Clay Matthews Jr., is a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I got to think if Clay Matthews Jr. gets in, he'll probably pick his son to rep him when he gives a speech. Like, I mean, I, that's probably the most obvious thing in the world, but who knows? Clay Matthews Jr. is on there. Also, Sam Mills, linebacker for the Saints and the Panthers. Richard Seymour is on this list. So is Zach Thomas, another great wide receiver in Reggie Wayne from the Colts, and then another legendary Green Bay Packer who will certainly be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and that is Charles Woodson. He is on this list as well. It's an impressive group of guys. A lot of these dudes I watched growing up as a kid. Makes me feel a little old today. But all of these guys are very deserving. And some are far more deserving than others. Some of these guys are they're, they're total no-brainers. They're total no-brainers. Again, Peyton Manning, to me, is a no-brainer. Charles Woodson is a no-brainer. 
And there's a lot of other very talented guys that could end up getting in on their first time. But again, we look to our buddy Leroy Butler. And I just think for everything that's there, for everything we've seen from Leroy in his time as a Green Bay Packer, I just, I got to think at some point he's going to get in. He has to get in. I mean, how can a guy who's on the old decade team not be wearing a gold jacket? just doesn't make any sense. So we're looking out for Leroy. And it's going, I'll tell you what's going to suck with all of this. Because, you know, I was listening yesterday to the big show on 1250 AM, The Fan in Milwaukee. Leroy is on that show. Um, And there was a lot of talk about really how the whole announcement is going to be. Because typically they will go to your hotel room door and they will knock on it and they will let you know that you're in. That's how it's always been. You know, all these Hall of Famers kind of sit in their hotel room either waiting for a knock on the door or a phone call. And you don't want the phone call. You want the knock on the door. So I wonder how this is going to go this year in the COVID world that we're in. Um, There's been a lot of talk that there will be fans at the Super Bowl. The amount is up in the air right now. I I, I heard yesterday there could be twenty to 30,000 people at the Super Bowl at Raymond James Stadium. I mean, right now in Florida, you can go watch a football game in limited capacity unlike other places. So I don't know how this is all going to go. It would really suck if the Packers get there and Leroy gets selected and it's not the same kind of treatment that any other team or Hall of Famer would get under these circumstances. And again, it is what it is. We have to deal with it. But, man, I know Leroy's going to get that jacket. And he he might get screwed again this year. He might. I would certainly if if there's anything that would make me really upset is if John Lynch got in over him. And there's only going to be more defensive backs in the upcoming classes that are also going to be competing. So if Leroy doesn't get in this year, there's going to be other guys that he's going to have to compete against in the future. And what I really hope doesn't happen with Leroy is that he becomes the next Jerry Kramer where he's going to have to wait a very, 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 very long time, which is very unnecessary, until he's one of those senior guys. And I I don't want to see that. No one wants to see that. We all know what Leroy has done. We all know his track record. So congratulations to Leroy. Uh, We're going to talk with Leroy uh, in the next few days, but um, I I just, he's got to get in, man. He's got to get in. But this is a really impressive class. Just like any finalist group is, really. But, I mean, this is a really good group. Again, Jared Allen, Rondé Barber, Tony Baselli, our guy Leroy, Alan Fanica, Torrey Holt, Calvin Johnson, John Lynch, Peyton Manning, Clay Matthews Jr., Sam Mills, Richard Seymour, Zach Thomas, Reggie Wayne, and Charles Woodson. Pretty impressive. If you know anything about the NFL, you know something about a lot of these dudes that I just mentioned. It is an impressive group, and we will see how this plays out coming up here right before the Super Bowl. We'll find out in about a month or so, um, and and who knows? what? Hopefully, guys like Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, who is a part of that panel who votes, um, hopefully Pete can continue to make a really strong case. I, I know he will. 
But will some of these other voters pay a little closer attention? It's going to be interesting. 855-830-8648 is the phone number. You can hit us up on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. That's where you can follow Bill. I'm at Radio Joe Sports. Evan Heffelfinger is on the other side of the glass, associate producer. You can follow him on Twitter at Evan Heff 25. That's where he is as well. And believe me, Evan could always use a few more followers to his Twitter. He's got a lot of good stuff, especially if you're a Bucks fan. Evan breaks it down like the best of them. So please follow Evan Heffelfinger as well. I'm Radio Joe Zanzola filling in for Bill today. On the other side, we'll get into our conversation about Mike Pettin and whether or not you've come around to Mike Pettin. Just a couple of months ago, we were talking about Mike Pettin being on the hot seat. Is that still the same case now? We'll talk about that next here on The Bill Michael Show. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. show thanks for tuning in today wisconsin radio joe with you in for bill again he's off so want to begin a discussion and we will talk more about this coming up a little bit later on in the show we've got mike DeCourcy, college basketball analyst and writer sporting news big 10 network fox sports uh, he's coming up here in about 10 minutes but i kind of want to get you thinking about Mike Pettin. Like I talk, like I talked about earlier in the show. I mean, it's it is crazy to think what a couple of months can do. I know for me, a couple of months ago, I really felt that this was certainly a hot seat year for Mike Pettin. Mike Pettin. It made a lot of sense at the time when the Packers decided to retain him when you had the change into the guard at head coach. Like, I mean, it really did. It made all the sense in the world. I had no problem with it. I wanted Mike Pettin to come back. He was just getting started with this group uh, defensively. I mean, he was it was only his first year after Mike McCarthy got fired. I mean, there was just no point in trying to change the, the culture that Mike Pettin was instilling on this young group of defenders, especially – when you knew that Matt LaFleur coming in was going to be an offensive-minded coach. Um, some people were trying to make the argument at the time that, well, maybe they should bring in a defensive-minded head coach and really blow it up and really make that change. Because we've also seen when it comes to teams getting into the Super Bowl, they have a pretty darn good defense that gets them there. And maybe that's what the Packers have to achieve. Well, that really wasn't the case. It did make a lot of sense to keep Mike Pettin, hold him over, um, under Matt LaFleur. And a lot of people were annoyed last year with how everything finished in the season. We knew this defense had a lot of flaws. And certainly, carrying over into this year through the first half of the season, 
we knew that the defense still had a lot of flaws, and there wasn't enough additions when it came to the personnel through free agency, through the draft. Okay, I could I could go go back into all of that, but you guys know that already. So the question was, with who the Packers had on defense, is Mike Patton getting the most out of them? And two months ago, I felt no. No, he wasn't. Like, Preston Smith shouldn't be dropping back in coverage all the time. You should be sending him. You should be finding ways to get him to the quarterback. Same thing with Zadarius Smith. Same thing with Rashawn Gary. Like, that whole notion of pass rush last year was the bread and butter of the Packers. And it's like you just kind of went away from it. And partially it's because teams were gashing you when it came to who they had at running back. But over the last couple of months, that notion has changed. The Packers are better getting after the quarterback. Pettin is dialing up more blitzes and more, you know, pass rush attacks when he's got Zadarius Preston and Rashawn Gary in there. And Rashawn Gary has certainly made a difference because it's allowed other guys to get home to the quarterback. And the fact that you've been able to shore up your defensive line a little bit better and you've had better game plans the last few weeks into how you're stopping some of these running backs. I mean, really, it's it's been impressive. And it's very refreshing to see Mike Pettin being able to adjust a little bit. And it's certainly better when some of those guys on the defense who have been underachieving a little bit are finally making bigger impressions. And I don't want to say that the younger guys have been underachieving. You know, for guys like Darnell Savage and Rashawn Gary, you know, they're only into their second year. So while we can get on the younger players a little bit, some guys it takes a little bit longer to develop than others. And for some guys, they never develop. And then they turn out into that true draft bust. Well, Rashawn Gary is finally coming into his own. Darnell Savage is finally coming into his own. And now... These guys are becoming significant playmakers. And Mike Pettin feels comfortable enough to be able to use them more often than not. I've just I've been really impressed. I've been really impressed by what I've seen from this Packers defense now the last couple of months. And again, I didn't think that this Packers defense could take another step. I figured that this defense was going to be a liability, that if teams had a good running back, that can just pound, 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 pound. They're going to be able to get down the field and score points. And then you're going to go into these old-fashioned shootouts every single week, and that's just the way it's going to be. It's not the case. And the fact that you're holding defenses, some pretty good, or you're holding offenses, some pretty good offenses, mind you, to under 20 points a game is pretty significant. And when you can flip that around to have an offense that's scoring, you know, 30 points a game easy, that is also very significant. The Packers have certainly earned the right. The Green Bay Packers, this is not the same 13-3 and team from last year. On paper, looking at records, yeah, they had the same record. But this, this year's Green Bay Packers team is totally different from last year's. Last year's Green Bay Packers team... One ugly. 
That was the, that was their reputation. And who cares? They're winning ugly. Who cares? Well, winning ugly can only get you so far. And you finally faced a team that was your nemesis and was completely better than you and had an all-around better, well-rounded team. This year's Packers team has an MVP caliber quarterback. A guy actually, why should I even say MVP caliber? No, he is the MVP. Aaron Rodgers solidified that. He is the MVP of this year. Patrick Mahomes will win many MVPs down the road. But Aaron Rodgers won the MVP this year. You did not have MVP Aaron Rodgers last year. You had a pretty good Aaron Rodgers in the first year under Matt LaFleur, but you did not have MVP Aaron Rodgers. And you also have a better defense, a better, well-rounded defense. Not, not, Not a defense that's going to shut down teams every single week. No defense really this year in the NFL was able to accomplish that. But this defense does just enough to get the football back in Aaron Rodgers' hands and let him work his magic. And at this point, that's really all you need. Whoever the Green Bay Packers face here in the divisional round and hopefully the NFC Championship game, the Packers are certainly going to have a leg up. The only way, really, that the Packers get shut down is if this defense just totally regresses. And everything that they've put together here the last several weeks just goes out the window for whatever reason. But I just, I don't believe that, guys. And I also don't believe that a lot of the, a lot of the same guys on defense, a lot of the same guys on offense who went through all of this last year, don't, don't tell me that they don't want it. They want it. And that starts with your MVP quarterback. They want it really bad. This is... This is Rocky Balboa working his tail off to overthrow Ivan Drago. That's what this is. The Green Bay Packers are the Rocky Balboas of the NFL. They are not going to be shut down. So coming back to this whole Mike Pettin thing, and we'll talk more about this coming up a little bit later in the show, but when it comes to Mike Pettin, as far as I'm concerned... He's totally earned himself another year in Green Bay. Unless things just completely go down the crapper in the divisional round or even the NFC Championship, I just can't imagine they're going to part with Mike Pettin. I think Mike Pettin has found a way to get the most out of his guys. And he has done a better job scheming against offenses with their biggest strengths. So to me, I think Mike Pettin, he has gotten off of that hot seat. His his butt is cool. Like he's a, he's good right now. But it will be interesting to see how all this plays out here as we go throughout this NFL playoffs and I certainly expect for me, I do expect the Packers to be in Tampa Bay in February. I do. I don't want to sound cocky about it, but that's how I feel. This team has enough to get this done. They do. Especially in an NFL right now where Every really good team has some kind of flaw. And that includes Kansas City as well. You can put points up on that defense. 
855-830-8648 is the number. You guys can get in on this. We'll continue on coming up here in a little bit, but we're going to switch gears. We'll talk a little college hoops with our buddy Mike DeCourcy of the Sporting News, Big Ten Network, Fox Sports. He will join us on the other side. I'm Radio Joe Zenzola. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Welcome back. It is the Bill Michaels Show here on a Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in, Wisconsin. I'm Radio Joe filling in for the big unit today. Evan Heffelfinger on the other side of the glass. We'll continue on with our discussion about the Packers a little bit later on. Also, Russ Tucker, our Radio.com NFL insider, will join us after the top of the hour, so stay tuned. Let's switch some gears And uh, let's go over to college hoops. You know, we're starting now to get really into the Big Ten basketball season. And believe me, we'll be talking more college hoops throughout. But the Wisconsin Badgers have certainly lived up to all the hype for the most part. And believe me, they've hit a couple of roadblocks. You know, that Maryland game was not ideal. But to see the Badgers come back and beat Minnesota, who is another really powerful team in the Big Ten, you just know that this will be a good year for the Wisconsin Badgers. And joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline from Sporting News, analyst on the Big Ten Network, Bracketology with Fox Sports, he does it all, Mike DeCourcy joining us. Mike, what's going on? How are you today? I'm doing well. So tell me, I mean, this is, I can't remember a Big Ten that was this competitive and just so many talented teams from top to bottom, Mike. Can you remember anything like this? Yeah, last year. <laughs> I mean, I think this is better in, in several ways, but let's not forget that when, when the season shut down on that uh, fateful Thursday in March, my final bracket for Fox was, was published that day, and I had 10 teams – from the Big Ten in it, and I and when I was doing those brackets uh, through the course of last season, I I was considering twelve different Big Ten teams. So how is this season different? Well, first of all, now I'm considering thirteen out of fourteen. Oof. That's one way that it's different, and the second way it's different is that the teams at the top of the league. Uh, we that are either there or we expect to be there. Obviously, the Badgers, uh, Iowa, Illinois, maybe Michigan State, uh, Rutgers. Those teams are all more powerful, more dangerous, uh, more more highly regarded as well by the committee. Uh, when we had that circumstance with twelve teams possible and ten ultimately likely to get in if there had been a tournament. Uh, the, the the last thing the committee said publicly was their pre-bracket thing that they do in mid-February. 
And as I recall, I believe there wasn't anyone on that bracket that was higher than a four seed. Uh, maybe there was a three, but there was no one on the one or two lines from the Big Ten. And this year, uh, you're getting, you're getting. I, I mean, my bracket right now had, I believe, two Big Ten teams on the two line, and I was yelled at for not having enough. Uh, I was yelled at for having Illinois on the three line and Rutgers on the four line and that sort of thing. Uh, 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 Michigan on the three line, I believe. Uh, I, I was yelled at for not having them rated high enough. Uh, and so uh, I, I, that's, that's a great position for the league to be in. I, I think it's, uh, this, this could become the best season in the league's history. Well, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, as we co- continue to go along here, these top 25 Big Ten teams are going to continue to beat up on each other. It's just going to continue to go on and on and on, and we're going to see – I think a few different Big Ten teams continue to change hands when it comes to the top 25 and even the top 10. I mean, the Badgers were there for a second, and now you got Iowa. Like, it just it continues to fluctuate. So then again, when you're trying to figure out the brackets and these top 25 teams keep beating up on each other, does that help them in their seeding or does that hurt them in their seeding? Well, I think once you establish uh, – you know, I, the, the analogy I've always used to try to, to, to sort of simplify what, how this works is that I, I, I've always said that pre-conference games are like establishing your currency. Like what is a Big Ten win worth? Like as is what the dollar worth versus the euro or the British pound or whatever. Right. So what's a Big Ten win worth versus what an SEC win is worth versus what a Pac-12 win is worth? And the Big Ten's pre-conference performance was successful enough that the that a Big Ten win, all the almost all the way to the very bottom, is worth a ton. Uh, so you're going to lose some. Your champion, last year's champion, uh, the tri champions, uh, Michigan State, Maryland, and the Badgers, were 14 and six. Wouldn't surprise me at all if. If even given the, the strength of Michigan, Illinois, Iowa, Wisconsin, et cetera, even given their individual strength, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we're back in that same pl- neighborhood for the champion uh, to have five losses or six losses. And so that so that's that's a little bit punitive that other leagues won't contend with. I don't think that Baylor or it, it, winning the uh, the Big Twelve is going to wind up with uh, with five losses. Or four losses. Uh, They play a shorter schedule. They play 18. So I don't think they'll end up with four losses. Uh, I don't think Gonzaga will end up with any losses, uh, more than likely. Uh, And so it's going to look maybe a little less attractive in the straight numbers. But when you look at the core numbers that the committee looks at, your your quad one and your quad two wins uh, relative to the net rankings, what is quad one and quad two? It it's basically how you perform against the most difficult games. And the most difficult games are those played on the road against anything from a good team to a great team or at home against mostly great teams. Basically, that's the simplification. And so you'll get a ton in the Big Ten of road games against good teams and, and as well as great teams. And you'll get a significant number of home games against great teams. So it's, it, 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 it helps you in that sense, and, it, and I think it will because we, we're at this point now with the strength of the league so high at the top 
I think that you'll see that that depth valued more for Michigan or Illinois or the Badgers or whoever ends up on top. We're talking with Mike DeCourcy, college basketball analyst for the Big Ten Network, and obviously does bracketology for Fox Sports, also writes for the Sporting News here on the Bill Michaels Show. Um, let's talk about the Badgers. I, I mean, they they had a lot of hype going into this year, and rightly so. I mean, it is too bad that we were not able to see these guys compete in the NCAA tournament because it would have been just so much fun to see if they could really go on a run and get into the Final Four. Um, your thoughts on what you've seen from this year's Badgers team so far? I think one of the things that's most promising about this season so far is that I don't think they're there yet. I don't think they have fully incorporated the combination of Nate Reavers and Micah Potter when they played together. I don't think there's the, uh, I don't think they have yet the ideal chemistry, the ideal role definition that the two of them ultimately, I believe, I'm certain will, will acquire. Uh, between them, I mean, Trice and uh, and and Davison have played together as a backcourt for three solid years now. Those guys know how to play together, right. uh, both ends. They know what to do, and and each of them has moments when maybe their shots a little not where they want to be. But I mean, in general, each of them is shooting above forty three percent from three, so that's not a problem. Uh, I I I think Nate Reavers averaging ten points a game. Is an, is an indication that he isn't quite comfortable. And they remember, they didn't play he and Potter together a ton at the end of last year no. uh, when Micah became eligible. It was mostly either or. And at, at occasion, certain opponents, that sort of thing, they play together. Now they're playing together. And I, I think together they're going to be an absolutely dynamite combination. But I don't think they're quite there yet, which is one of the reasons why I think Badgers fans should be excited because – uh, there's there's real possibility for growth. And with a team so experienced, it would be easy for that not to be the case. I mean, they're already, they're all, they've already played so much basketball together and so much basketball individually that it could be easy for them to be relatively uh, basically stagnant. And stagnant at a really high level, but nowhere to go. But I think this team has several steps ahead of it that could improve. And I also think, too, part of their success is Greg Gard. And you know what? Greg Gard, there's been a lot of Badger fans the last several years that have been very critical of Greg Gard, you know, whether it comes to trying to get the most out of his players, to recruiting, to underachieving at times. That's not the case anymore. Greg Gard has done an outstanding job. And again, it's big shoes to fill when you're trying to fill in for Bo Ryan. I, I have been really impressed with what Greg Gard has been able to do from a coaching standpoint, from a recruiting standpoint the last couple of years, and he has the right culture going on. I'm a bit mystified that there, that, that hasn't been the case from the beginning. I'm, he came in, they, they struggled fall semester of, uh, of 2015 when, it, when Bo was, uh, I guess, considering whether to leave or whatever. Right. And then they, they struggled after he left, and then all of a sudden the, the switch went on, and and they played fantastically down the stretch that season. The following year, they're in the Sweet 16, and you know, a, you know, a buzzer shot away from playing in the Elite Eight against an inferior team that they might have beaten. I mean, are you disappointed they didn't guard that last shot better? Sure, but and they played fantastically that night. Uh, I, I, you know, they upset Villanova that year. I, I really, 
people have been critical. And then, of course, last year they win the league in, in, in like I said before, one of the deepest leagues in the history of college basketball. So I think he's been fantastic from the beginning. Uh, and I don't know what there is to criticize at this point. And, and every coach makes mistakes in games. Mike makes them. John Wooden made them. Yep. Uh, Adolph Rupp made them. Everybody, every coach makes mistakes in games, and every coach is, is vulnerable to, why did you do that at this time? And in, in some cases, they'll say, you know what? I didn't get it right that time because no one's perfect. But on balance, he's done a magnificent job really from the day he was, he was certainly from the day he was hired full time, but even from the day he was installed as an interim, trying to make sure that that season didn't go South. I think he's been fantastic. Mike, we have about a minute left. I'm curious your thoughts on what you think of the NCAA tournament, just strictly being in the state of Indiana this year. Um, do you are you skeptical about any of it, or do you think that they really the NCAA put together a pretty good plan here and what they have? Oh, I think it's a great plan. It it it, it makes total sense. Doug Gottlieb, um, a college basketball analyst, former player, said that he thought that Vegas was a better place and. What Doug's missing, and he's not wrong. I mean, Vegas would be great, but they got all those hotels and arenas and such. It would have been great. But what he's missing is that this is a significant logistical challenge to, to stage this NCAA tournament and not have to ship players all over the country and, and take the risks associated with that in this environment uh, to bring them all to Indy, uh, to, to one location, make sure they get tested, try to keep them isolated as much as possible so they uh, can avoid uh, any any sort of uh, possibly neg- negative interactions. Doing that in Indianapolis makes perfect sense that for the reason that it's a significant challenge for the staff of the NCAA to execute. And anything that needs to be handled in person, I mean, they can walk to half the venues, uh, literally. I mean, they can walk to Lucas Oil. They can walk uh, on, a, on a nice day. They can walk to Banker's Life from the NCAA headquarters. And so they can be able to be on the scene to, to – solve any logistical challenges that are in advance as they set this up, Uh, as well as the convention center and the hotels downtown. They can do all of that here. So it it makes perfect sense for them to be doing what they're doing. I think it'll be a very successful tournament. It won't be the same, uh, but it will be a lot better, a thousand percent better, a million percent better than the tournament we didn't have in 2020. Yeah, no question about it. He is Mike DeCourcy. You can check out all of his work, Bracketology for Fox Sports. You can see him on the Big Ten Network, and you can read all of his stuff for the Sporting News and follow him on Twitter as well, at TSN Mike. Mike, we always appreciate it, and we will talk again soon. Thanks, Joe. All right, Mike DeCourcy joining us here on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider, they're hiring right now, 844 Pride, or go to schneiderjobs.com. We will get to a Mike Clemens report on the other side. I'm Radio Joe filling in for Bill today. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu slash veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. As the Packers begin their bye week, Aaron Rodgers was asked what his advice was for his teammates. Uh, Don't get COVID. (laughs) 
<laughs> Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski will have to sit out their playoff game against Pittsburgh after testing positive for the coronavirus. Former Packers quarterback coach Alex Van Pelt, now Cleveland's offensive coordinator, will have to call the plays. The Packers' Matt LaFleur was asked about his message to the team. Well, I, I just think we're pretty matter-of-fact with the guys. You know, there's a lot of stories out there that are great examples to use, but I really think that as much as myself or the rest of our staff stress it, it really comes back down to the people and the individual players and uh, everybody involved in this thing. And it's not just our players, coaches, it's our trainers, our strength coaches, you know, everybody that's around the team. And former Packers safety Leroy Butler is a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame for a second year. Butler's coach at FSU, Bobby Bowden, talked about the first time he spotted Leroy at a high school in Jacksonville. The first look at a guy at him, he was at a basketball game. I saw that look with his ability to play basketball and run, and run around and cut like he did. We could he'd make a heck of a defensive back. That's FSU's Bobby Bowden. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. up here on the top of the hour the bill michaels show thanks for tuning in wisconsin i'm radio joe zenzola ross tucker will be joining us here after the top one little tidbit of news i, I honestly i don't know if you guys really cared about this last night but uh Devonte smith of alabama wins the heisman he's the first wide receiver to do it since desmond howard and we all remember Desmond Howard, don't we, Packers fans? Uh, but that is crazy. Since 1991, a wide receiver has not won the Heisman Trophy, and Devontae Smith got it. Pretty crazy. One guy that didn't get it at all, who is now going to the NFL, is Trevor Lawrence. Crazy to think. I'm Radio Joe Zenzola filling in for Bill. Ross Tucker coming up next. We'll have more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.